Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're asking, what's a fantasy bond? Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Before we hop in, just a reminder that we do have The Thirst Trap, which is our subscription series, which is um, on Spotify and Apple. It's $1.99 a month. You get extra fun episodes, and you also get 10% off in our Thirsty Shop, which is at thirstythepodcast.com. You can get fun mugs, hats, stickers, t-shirts, all kinds of fun things, including a new sweatshirt that has assemble the group chat on it, which is super fun and harkens back to one of our recent episodes. And just as a reminder as well, please make sure that you share the podcast with your community, people who you feel like the content would resonate with and rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to our podcast from and on our socials and all that good stuff. Okay, everyone, we're happy to be back here with you recording, talking about some things. But first, Laura, you've got a little trip coming up. I do. I am headed to um, visit my boyfriend um, who lives out of state. I guess I can say he lives in Omaha. That's fair. It's a pretty big city, I think. I don't know what to expect, but my kids have been trying to figure out where I'm going. So they have said that I'm going to Omaha. I am going to Oklahoma or something. We've we've made up all (laughs) kinds of things because we don't know where um, Omaha is. Apparently, I've been asked if I'm going to another country. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned that my kids don't seem to have maps in their school. So we've got to kind of figure out and have some geography lessons. Um, But yes, going to the, the wild, the wilds of Omaha. And I'm very excited because we have been dating long distance uh, since the summer, but I have never been to his place. It hasn't worked out for me to make it out there. So it's my first time seeing his house and meeting some of his friends and all of that good stuff. So I'm super excited. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. Did y'all make plans? Like, oh, you're going to meet friends, right? Like go out or something. Yep. We have brunch plans because we know that those are my priorities and I'm going to the brunch place where if anybody follows Elise Myers on TikTok, which I think everybody does, Elise lives in Omaha and apparently her favorite brunch place is where he also likes to go to brunch. So that is where we are going. I don't know that I will get to have any Elise Myers um, spottings while I am in Omaha, but I can keep my fingers crossed. You know what's so funny about her? She's only been on TikTok, I think like a little over a year with that yeah, crazy like taco story. Yeah, which is amazing. That story still just haunts my brain in so many ways and was so amazing. And she's so amazing. So um, that's the only person besides my boyfriend that I know that lives in Omaha. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to go ice skating, I think, on an, oh, like okay. an outdoor rink if it's nice enough. So that's a cutesy stuff. Do you know what Omaha's like? I've never been there. Like in my mind, it's like Kansas City. Maybe it's like that. I have been to Kansas City. I don't know. This is what I'm going to find out. I'm going to see the sites. Not really. Um, But I guess I'll see what it's like. They have a great zoo. They have the best zoo in the world. But we're going to wait for the summertime to go to the best zoo in the world. I know it's in Omaha. Wait, how is it the best? Like who? Like I need more information. How is it the best zoo? Who said it was the best zoo? It's like ranked. It's ranked as the world's best zoo. Who ranked it? 
the zoo people. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to Google this to learn more about that. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, it's a fact. They have the world's best zoo there. They have this big like indoor Sahara thing and like a whole, because oh, okay. Omaha is real, like they have a lot of land. So I'm assuming it is a okay. very large zoo. I would think as you go further West, you get a lot more land and expanse. I don't know. They cleared uh, some apparently- cornfields. They cleared some space for it. So yes, apparently it is an amazing zoo, but we're going to do that maybe this summer when it's a little more zoo weather. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that this is not going to be my only trip ever to Omaha. So we'll find out. Yeah. I'll pace myself with all of the sites to see. Yeah. I'm going to have to hear what this is about. I mean, people that are from Omaha love Omaha. Like they love that city so much. I think it's interesting. I have hmm. a couple of friends that are from Omaha. I never visited them there or anything, but they're very like proud that they are from Omaha. It's interesting. I haven't run into the same. I do work with somebody from Nebraska who, um, warned me not to eat sushi there. I'm like, don't worry. was not on my list. Oh, I was probably right in the middle of the country. That feels like not the right place to eat sushi. Yeah. It's really, really low on, on things I would like to do. And we have great sushi in Chicago. So I'll stick with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I've run into a lot of people who are like super, jazzed about Omaha, but I'll find out. I'm going to meet lots of people from Omaha this weekend. So I could, you know, I'll take a survey. Okay. See how they feel. Interesting. We've also got Valentine's Day is coming up. I love Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. You don't like Valentine's Day? I'm fine with it, but I don't know that I've ever really celebrated it. I'm sorry. Really? I love it so much. This, we skipped this part in our relationship. I mean, you, yeah, you've never asked me out for Valentine's Day. So, oh, well, you know, okay. So I have a group of friends that in the past we've done like a, a gift swap for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, which that's kind of fun. We're not doing it this year, but, um, and then sometimes with my other friends, I, can, I don't think I can say their name on here. They probably wouldn't appreciate that. But my friends who I've been friends with for 25 years, you know who you are. Um, we call each other Galentines for sure. We always send each other like little funny things. We're getting together for wine and cheese pretty soon. So I think we'll Cute. make that a Galentine's outing. It'll be fun. That will be fun. Yeah. yeah I think I, I just think... spent so many years with like not great Valentine's days that I like am not in on it anymore. <laughs> well, to be clear, my love for Valentine's Day has not been because I have exceptional partners who've done really beautiful things for me for Valentine's Day. But I really like all the hearts and I think it's so cute and I like decorating for it. And then I make Valentine's Day themed pancakes for my kids. And they're already asking okay. about which day we're doing it because I don't have them on actual Valentine's Day. They won't be with me. And so we're planning out our Valentine's pancake breakfast already. So that is what I like about Valentine's Day. I just think it's super cute and fun. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's adorable. I love it. Yeah. I love all of the hearts and the red and the pink and the white and the sparkles and the over the top. I love that. I have let my boyfriend know, though, that I really do love Valentine's Day and we'll see how he does. So well, I should probably tell my boyfriend that, too. Although I don't know, I want I don't want to set us up for you know how we're like really hard on people about like don't screw it up like for Mother's Day and things. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling some of that this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll have been with my boyfriend for a year at this point. Last year we'd been dating for seriously two seconds, so there was no Valentine situation oh. last year. Uh, but this year we are. I mean, I don't. I we haven't really planned anything yet, but I am like feeling that a little bit like. Oh, no, I'm going back to that land of, like, is he going to do this, that, and the other, you know? I don't like like feeling that way. I just want to know that somebody is going to 
make some sort of nice effort. It doesn't have to be extravagant. I think just thoughtfulness. Um, I don't think it has to be like, like I don't live in the land of like expensive gifts and things like that really for anything. Like I want thoughtfulness last year for my boyfriend, I was dating last year for Valentine's day. Like I knitted him a blanket and I like made him keto friendly, hot cocoa powder and like stuff like that, that I thought was like a sweet and cute. That's what I like. And if they show up with flowers, then that makes me happy or like something simple and cute, a nice card. Well, me too. But most of the time I don't date people that do that. Oh, I do. Oh, not me. <laughs> I get nothing. Oh, well, that stinks. So yeah, I just have stress. I don't know. Maybe I have like PTSD about this holiday stuff. I mean, I remember like at one point I was in a relationship with someone that was always like the night before. Oh, holiday got me again. I didn't get anything. And I'd be like, you know, this isn't funny anymore. Thank you. No, thank you. My ex-husband and I didn't exchange gifts, but I feel like before we had kids, when we would do something for Valentine's Day, we would make like a nice dinner together, or like figure out something new to try. Like one year we tried making Indian food and it turned out pretty decent, but like it was fun because yeah. it was new for both of us and you're spending time together and you're doing something together. Like things like that are so simple and nice, but knowing what I know about your boyfriend, he will, I, he's not going to just not do anything. I hope so. I don't know. I'm suddenly having stress about it. Yeah, he'll do something nice. I don't think I've ever had anyone plan a Valentine's date for me. Wow. That I can remember. And I'm like you. Like, I'm not, like, into extravagant stuff. Like, I'll take some flowers and a card. Actually, a card. A card is, like, my favorite thing. I don't even Mm -hmm. need gifts. A thoughtful card is my favorite. I love flowers now and then. I love when someone's like, hey, I thought this would be really nice. Do you want to do that? I Like, that's really, like, my favorite. I don't need stuff by any means but yeah I do so my favorite Valentine's Day from a movie and it's not really even like Valentine's Day-ish but the Sex in the City movie where Carrie and Miranda go to dinner and they happen to be going to dinner on Valentine's day. And they're like, there are balloons everywhere around them. So you just see all the strings from the balloons hanging around them at the table. And then the waitress is like really peppy and she opens their Shiraz or whatever. And they like get into a big fight and it's super awkward. But for some reason, I just love all of the balloons around them. And I want to go to a restaurant like that. And it just felt very festive. Balloons are so fun. I think, you know, I've seen Going out to dinner is kind of the most boring kind of date, but I love it for Valentine's Day. Like, that's just nice. And there's like a cutesy, like barfy Valentine's Day themed um, menu. Yeah. yeah. I think any yeah. little heart-shaped chocolate lava mm-hmm. cakes. Anything that can be heart-shaped, I'm down with. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, it's interesting. These ho- these holidays are like minefields, I feel like. Like, I and I... I don't know. It's so hard. Like, I know for me, like, I definitely don't ask for much, but somehow I've always been with men who didn't need the, I guess I don't ask for much and they don't do much. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, you figure after that, you know, St. Patrick's Day and Memorial Day, we're like real low bar holidays after that where you don't yeah. have to worry as much. I mean, maybe it would be nice to get an Easter basket from somebody that'd be kind of fun, but. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I would laugh. That'd be so cute, but it was like fun, like things that you'd actually want, not like peeps, but like good stuff. Oh my God. That would be hilarious. I would love that actually, just because for the funny factor. 
That would be so fun to send to my boyfriend for Valentine or for Easter because we probably obviously won't see each other anytime around, you know, like with how yeah. our distance schedule works. Like I'll just send him a cute Easter basket. That'd be That's fun. Hilarious. I'd like to receive that. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. I could put like little miniature like whiskeys in it and yeah, like everything just miniature in it. I do. I am going to bring something up that's a little bit of a left turn. So everybody take a breath, you know, like palate cleanse or whatever you need to do. Left turn. I have to bring up something that, and and this is how my brain works, just skips from thing to thing in there. So I have to bring up something. So Laura and I just recorded a Disney recap. It's going to be on the thirst trap. It's pretty funny. I have to say all about our little no kids trip where we ran a half marathon and went to Disney. We had a lot of fun. It was really ridiculous and hilarious. But one thing that happened while I was there stuck out to me because it was so weird. It was so weird. And I just, I've been thinking about it now and then. There was a match that I talked to and I made a a really bad mistake with this one. We texted. I was super into him. We FaceTimed. I was like, ooh, I'm really into this guy. Like he was creative. Like we had a lot in common. He was really smart, really fun. He was dad, all these things. He lived in Naperville, which as Laura and I have since learned, just don't even bother. If they live in Naperville, do not bother. It needs to be like seven hours away, eight hours away, or within 30 minutes. Like there's no If they live in Naperville, they have like 10 kids and they all play soccer and gymnastics and you're never going to see these single dads. Oh my God. Well, that's the case with him. He didn't have 10 kids, but there were a lot. I won't say exactly (laughs) how many, but it's more than four. Um, And they definitely all play soccer. But uh so anyway, but I was really into him actually, but then it went on for two months and he was like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And finally I, I, we were just like, this is stupid. So I we're in Disney. This is over a year ago, over a year ago, that man friends me on Instagram. I haven't spoken to him in over a year. Like, I don't understand. Like, was he just like, he, he clearly searched for me. Like he thought of me in his brain Searched for me and did that. I did. De- I deleted the friend request. I thought about accepting it. I thought about uh-huh. it. And we and talked I about no. it. And yeah, I, said, I said, why no. are we accepting this? Um, Entertainment value was no. my first thought. And then you were like, well, that's a stupid reason. And I was like, you're correct. I'm going to delete him. So I did. I deleted it. Because I was just like, what is this? What's happening? Why do people? do that like that's weird am I wrong am I making too it much it was out super of this? weird you guys never even like it none of it a I was mad at you for that entire situation because you were texting for way too long and I was yeah. like even if you beat this guy I'm like he does not have time to date you what are you doing like this doesn't even make sense although I didn't realize that you guys had facetimed yeah. so that at least makes me feel a little bit better because you cannot just text someone for that long and not know what their face is like in real person and what their voice sounds like and all of those important things but um yeah, he never had time to date you. And so that was just not going to work. But I think it's super weird for him to like randomly like come out of the woodwork for what reason? Like men don't just add women on the in- Instagram. Like it's just weird. Like, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't understand what was going on there. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to find out because I deleted it. I was like, well, this mm-hmm. is not happening. But yeah, that was a bit, that was actually the the one that taught me. I will text you for one week. And if you don't ask me out, I'm out. Can't live in text land for forever. Without fail, every man that I've texted a long time and then we didn't actually meet up, it it like was for some reason, like they had a girlfriend or they were married and I didn't know, or I was back burner girl. Like I was like the safety net girl if the, the one they were dating didn't work out. 
Like they were stacking the bench. Yeah. Men do that. Women do it too. But everyone does it. Let's be honest. We all have someone we like more than other people. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But I was like, this is, but it's so confusing for the person other. Cause like, I'm used to like, Hey, you seem interesting. Let's go on a date. Done. You know, and he wasn't doing that. So I was like, what? At the time I was like, what is happening? What is going on? But yeah, anyway, big lesson there. I feel like that's a whole other um, conversation though. Like a whole other discussion of the people who ask you out too quickly. And you're like, what's wrong with you? And the people who spend forever and don't ask you out. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Like that sweet spot of like the right amount of texting and engagement where it feels natural and normal for someone to ask you out versus like, you know, the, the person who sends you three messages and then tries to get you to go out for a drink that night. And you're like, "Mm," like there's that sweet spot. We should do an episode about etiquette. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do that. So we're going to, let's pin this up and we're going to come back to this in another episode. But I was (laughs) like, what is happening here? I was into you, but now I'm not. So go away. Okay, so I was researching, I was doing some research for a different episode that Laura and I wanted to do, and I stumbled on something that I thought was so fascinating. I actually, we changed this recording to be about this, because I was like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. Legit, I've never heard this term once, but I came across an article talking all about something called a fantasy bond. I'm going to say it again, a fantasy bond. It sounds weird. Like it sounded weird in our intro. Um, It sounds like a restraint. It sounds like a bed restraint system for BDSM (laughs) is what it sounds like. But that's not what it is. That's not what it is. So, but before we get into it, like Laura, like I, because I actually sent a message to Laura earlier today. I was like, I just heard about this. This is so weird. What did, and we didn't really get a chance to talk because you were really busy today. But what did you think when you heard that? Did you think it was like a sex thing or what did you think that was? 100%. Yes. That is absolutely what it sounds because, I mean, what else would it say? It's just something with the word fantasy, I feel like it's just a tough one. Yeah. Well, I guess I was still in Disney mode because I saw fantasy and I was thinking like, you know. Fantasy land. Dream is a wish your heart makes. Yeah. I was thinking I mean, fantasy land princesses. Does Peter Pan come to mind a little bit with that for me? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, yeah. I was actually thinking fairy godmother. And oh, Cinderella. I'm Peter Pan. Yeah, I'm all Peter Pan right now. Okay. All right. But yeah, yeah I was fully like Cinderella time. <laughs> I was like, well, what is this? I need to learn more. So I started reading into it and it uncovers something that I think is actually, I bet you almost everyone listening to this pod has uh, encountered this at one point or another, or maybe they do it all the time. I think it's that common. So according to this article I read, the fantasy bond is an illusion of connection and closeness that allows couples to maintain an imagination of love and loving while preserving emotional distance. A fantasy bond forms when couples substitute real love and closeness for the form of being in a relationship. What do you think? I mean, it feels like almost... You're looking at your relationship through these like rosy glasses. Like it's all like the pretty stuff with nothing behind it. Yeah. I Whenever I read that, I was like, oh, I get that. Like to me, it sounded like when you hear people or when I've said to myself, like, oh, I'm settling. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing's wrong here. Nothing bad is happening. But am I really like emotionally invested here? Do I really care? Am I excited to see this person? Am I, do I miss them when they're not here? 
Do I feel that connected to them and that emotionally close to them? I actually, I I think this actually might be pretty common. Like you think about people that are, (laughs) sorry, I'm about to say it, people that have been married for a long time and the relationship is kind of dead, you know, like they're roommates or they live together and nothing bad's happening. You know, they take all the family pictures and they're like, oh, I love you. But the spark is gone. The emotional closeness is gone. The intimacy, and I don't even mean sexual intimacy. Like, I know that that can be a struggle over time as well. But like emotional intimacy, um, being actually close, vulnerable, connected to that person. Those, you know, that that feeling that you have when you first are getting to know them, that's all gone. So that that was really interesting to me to think of, about it through that lens. Yeah. It just feels very much like a shell of a, you know, it's a really pretty shell and there's nothing, nothing else deeper. Just yeah. looks nice. It sounds nice. It's nice to talk about it. Like, I feel like in that situation, you probably talk about your relationship in one way to the rest of the world as if things are really great. But again, behind closed doors, it's pretty empty. Yeah. Well, you know what it kind of made me think of too, like on a personal level, it made me think about when I first started dating again, right after leaving my marriage. And it wasn't, I wasn't being healthy. I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to say I did a lot of things on, I was going through a lot at the time, but I do remember one thing very specifically. I was like, oh my gosh, the lights still turn on. I was able to be interested in other people. I remember thinking, you know, there's someone I was dating. I was actually excited about them. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like, you know? And I thought those things were all dead in me or I thought like I had forgotten that those things exist. And it kind of makes me think about that. Like how many people are going through life? And I was, I was doing that where, I mean, I was as well. I mean, that's very much the, the place I was at. And it feels so different when you get on the other side of it. Yeah. It reminds you what it used to feel like. But anyway, I thought that was fascinating. I've never heard, I've never seen or read an article that talked about that way. So I thought it was really interesting. Do you feel like you've ever personally participated in a fantasy bond? I definitely think I've had relationships where, again, I, I talked it up in a certain way where I acted like things were really great and all of this stuff. And yeah, below the surface, there were a lot of things that didn't function or weren't right for me. And I was just letting myself kind of ignore those things, not to like harp on this one. Cause I feel like we've talked about um, the self-absorbed Sam <laughs> so much from a previous episode. However, if you remember when we were on a girl's trip and I remember telling you and our other friend that I, I thought I was going to tell him that I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. But no, because I think I was like, all right, well, this is, these are all the things that I like. And this makes sense. And I wasn't focusing or quite honestly on that trip. I wasn't really sharing the stuff that wasn't functioning while well. I was really just, again, focused on, I like that he's creative. I like that he does this. He's really driven. He's hardworking. I like all the things about him that were good things and just completely ignoring the, the things that were kind of deal breaker things that did not work for me. So I would say that was a pretty fantasy situation I know it's gonna be hard to let go of the BDSM pictures I wish I had a different title but you're bringing up something interesting where I think you know like there's a whole thing where we're in relationships we talk about how great it is and it's so wonderful and this that or the other and then we break up and then suddenly if it's like your friend and this happened actually with self-absorbed Sam 
all this stuff comes out later and we're like, wait, that's not how you talked about them when you were together. Yeah. You know, and I think some of it is people villainize their exes, you know, and kind of make things worse than they actually were. But in self, in this Sam case, and I think I've definitely done it, things come out later and your friends are just like, wait, what? What are you talking about? That's not what you said when y'all were together. You acted like he was just the greatest guy. So that's kind of interesting that we do that. Like, why do we do that? Why do we act like things are better than they are? I think sometimes you just want to hold on to it so tightly and like, because you've gotten to that point and you want to make it work and you're committed to it and you don't want to be a quitter. You want to, you know, there must have been a reason that we got together in the first place. Like who hasn't said that about a relationship? Yeah. There was a reason and we just have to work through and this is happening and like you justify so much and then you absolutely spend a lot of time just like talking up positive things or only sharing the positive pieces. Okay. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, let's think about this, like on social media, all the real cute couple pictures and, oh, Mm -hmm. he's so wonderful and this, that, and the other. I swear it's not about their partner. It's almost like they're putting on a show. Yep. It's like a prop. Yeah. Like my life is so great, but maybe it's not. And I think that works in a lot of facets of life again, like families. I mean, I think we all did a piece of that when we were married and you're sharing just the happy, smiling family photos and all of that. And not, cause obviously you're not going to share the really hard stuff, but I know that I've been really surprised when you see that someone's getting a divorce and you're like, Oh, I thought they were so happy because you saw all the happy pieces of it. Um, and I think that's the same way often with relationships where you're just so focused, well, let's get a picture, let's get a picture together when you're doing fun things. And it's all like the fun, shiny, great parts of your life or like the couples that you'll see on TikTok or whatever. Like I'll see couples who like do make content together, not but like TikToks together and <laughs> wrong word. <laughs> now we're going into OnlyFans. Laura, you're taking us into all the wrong places today. <laughs> Uh, but like couples who make TikToks and things and like, again, they seem so happy. And I think a lot of those families are creating or these couples are creating this whole like relationship persona that doesn't exist. And it's very much for, you know, getting followers and all of these things that they want in this kind of fake life. And I think a lot of it and you, you hear about it, it comes out. That's not really true. I feel like that's every like yeah. dateline murder story was oh, they God. were the perfect family and they were so beautiful. Sorry, I'm not helping us today. Laura's got sex and murder on the mind today. <laughs> well, I mean, now I, now I put it all together in my brain why it's called a fantasy bond. It is the happily ever after, right? Like, look. Yeah. I found my person. We have a beautiful house in the suburbs. We have 2.5 kids. I've got a great job. So do they. You know, we've got a dog, this, that, and the other. We're so cute and fun and laughing all the time. It's like, but they're not, you know. And there's also a difference too, because I mean, I've definitely done, I've done it multiple times where it's, this is fine. We're not arguing. We get along. We have fun together. Mm-hmm. But then you compare it to those whirlwind whirlwind romances that you know you and I have talked about in the past. And while those blew out for another reason, also poor choice of words. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it reminds you like what those feelings feel like, and that it's so far from ha- from that being the case in your relationship. 
It has the form, but not the substance. Okay, so this article actually had some healthy comparisons between what a close, loving relationship looks like versus a fantasy bond. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. So in a healthy, loving relationship, it's non-defensive, very open, whereas in a fantasy bond, there might be angry reactions to feedback. It was kind of interesting going through this list. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened, like in particular cases. Oh, it's so funny because I went through the list. I was like, oh, I've had some pretty healthy relationships. Well, I mean, I saw both sides. Like I could think about like, oh, yeah, that was that. That was this. You know, like kind of like I was attaching some of these like mm-hmm. tags to my relationships. It was kind of interesting. Um, open to trying something new versus closed to new experiences, which I was surprised to see that. Like, does that mean together or like in life? Because I feel like there are lots of people that don't like to try new things, like in general. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, that's something you and I are actually very similar on. We're different in a lot of ways. But like, Laura, one of us will be like, oh, I found a stupid class on how to make candles. And the other one will be like, oh, that sounds fun. You know, we're going to retire so well together, Heather. Yeah, I know we're going to. Well, and I want to learn how to make stained glass. I feel like maybe you might want to try that, too. I want to do glass blowing. I want to do that. OK, let's do go. both. OK. All right. So we're both open to trying new things. Our relationship <laughs> is healthy and loving. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But there's lots of people that are just close to new experiences, too. So I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised to see that. And then another one, in a loving relationship, you'll have honesty and integrity. Seems like table stakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Versus deception and duplicity. And they said a little bit more about that one. They said as adults, there can be a lot of, and I was like, oh gosh, they're getting deep here. That as adults, there can be a lot of deception in our closest relationships, like hiding things about, and I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, like if you're hiding things about yourself, like I'm into this, or I want to look into that, or I'm. I secretly want to move to Canada or something, Uh you know, and people hide those things and they're close. Like maybe I'll tell someone I'm medium level friends with, but like maybe I wouldn't tell my close ones because, you know, they're going to take it differently. Well, that's true. Yeah. If you know how someone's going to react, I can see that. Yeah. But I thought I was like, oh, they're, that's a really interesting thing to think about because I think it's true. We're maybe less honest with people really close to us, whether it's family or I mean, I'm not saying it should be like that, but I can see how people have a tendency to do that. But then it, of course, followed up. It's not healthy. But they followed up with when we're dishonest with our partner, we do them, the relationship and ourselves a great disservice, which, of course, slightly obvious. But regardless, lots of people don't do that Mm -hmm. no matter what. I mean, how do you think you've done with being authentic about what like yourself, like who you are and showing that or, or in general? I think in general, I'm too open and honest. <laughs> I think I fall like really heavily on that side of things that I feel like, again, in, in any relationship that I would target as being a pretty healthy one that I'm pretty open and honest in myself. I mean, I can tell if it's a good fit for me in a relationship by how much myself I am. Mm-hmm. And I can't see how in certain situations, I absolutely have shielded certain things. Um so, I mean, I think it is that playoff of who, you know, who you're with and what's that dynamic is like. What yeah. about you? Uh, I think mine for the most, well, in two ways, like, you know, in my longest relationship, I feel like I 
could not be myself because I was worried I'd, you know, it caused an altercation <laughs> mm -hmm. or an argument. You know, it's just worthwhile to just not say anything. I'm not with that person anymore. Lately, I would say it is on a lesser level look like doubting myself, you know, like trying to change myself to fit into someone else's preferences so that mm -hmm. they'll like me better. Like, I feel like that's what that looks like for me. I don't yeah. think I do that anymore, but in the past, I've definitely done it because it's part of it's self-doubt. Like, oh, am I wrong for wanting to be exclusive after dating someone for four months? You know, like things like that. Like I would just doubt myself and somehow would try to fit into their preferences instead of being myself and being totally okay with being who I am. I think that's a common situation a lot of people land in and often very unintentionally where they're just, you know, you know, you've seen that person who all of a sudden all of their hobbies and interests are what their partner is into. And you see that shift. And often that is like, you kind of laugh at it or can make fun of it, but there's that piece where it probably does feel easier just to mold to what they like versus being who you are and your authentic self. You just kind of shift. Well, and related to this, in a loving relationship, there is respect for the other person's boundaries, priorities, their goals. It's non-controlling. It's not manipulative. And it's not threatening. Whereas in a fantasy bond relationship, there is a significant amount of overstepping boundaries. There's manipulation. There's a dominance. There's submission. Of course, we're going down that road with what <laughs> set up earlier. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. That was an accident. Um, which I thought and these are those are some extremes I felt like. But again, I can see that in myself. I can see that. You know, like times whenever you want someone to act a certain way to make you happy or they're stressing you out. And, you, and it, that's manipulation. You know, like yeah. trying to get them to, in quotation marks, you can't see it because I'm on a pod. But act right. You know, trying to get them to do what you think they should be doing. That's manipulation. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's really easy to, again, fall into that, that like piece of wanting to control to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, and this got kind of deep too. I guess we are kind of talking about married life quite a bit in this one, actually. Sorry, everyone. But there, it also had an add on talking about how a lot of couples, I was like, well, yes, exactly. Many couples find themselves in dynamics where one acts like a parent. And one acts like a child. And in a fantasy bond, one is looking to the other for guidance, but then resents that person for telling them what to do. Ugh. I've been on the wrong side of that. Or one person tries to control the situation and then complains that the other person is irresponsible, immature, or passive. I've also been in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is perfectly worded. <laughs> it's not healthy. No. And I feel like that's pretty – um, I don't know. Like, I guess for my sample size of my girlfriends, that's something we talked about a lot in marriage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just when things go wrong, I think they can go down that path. It's real hard to dig yourself back out of that. Yeah. And again, this is another one where it takes two for that to, to participate in that, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like boundaries and control issues happen a lot in relationships too, and they can get real muddy. What do you think is the difference between boundaries being healthy and being controlling, which is not healthy. I mean, isn't that the point that you're deciding with a boundary of what you will or will not do? And then um, controlling is someone else telling you what 
you yeah. will or will not do, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's how I define it. You know, it's it, like to give an example, it'd be like, if you were to sleep with someone else, that is unacceptable to me and I will leave. Yeah. You know, and that's a boundary that's saying this is what my boundary is. Or something like if you're on a date, hey, I, I don't want you touching me. And they continue to touch you. That's them not respecting the boundary that you set. And it's mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. I don't want to be touched. And then if someone touches you after you say that, that's them not respecting your boundary. However, it's controlling if you like are putting rules on someone else. Like if you're in an open relationship and you say something like, you're only allowed to go out with uh, other fully single men. I'm going to go out. I'm allowed to go out with whoever I want. That's being controlling. That's mm-hmm. not a boundary. And it's like, oh, that's my boundary. That's not a boundary. That's being yeah. controlling. Completely different. All right. So and the other thing here that they brought up, which I thought was interesting, is physical affection and personal sexuality in a loving relationship versus lack of affection and inadequate, impersonal, or routine sexuality. And that made me think about how in long-term relationships, you can go down a path where the spark is pretty dead. Like think about sexless relationships. Mm-hmm. And when I use that phrase, like some people are consensually, not, you know, their relationship is not sexual anymore and they're okay with it. That's great. You do you, whatever works for you. Yep. And then other people, it's because the relationship is literally dead, which is different, I think. Yes. How have you in the past kept the spark going? Like, like, is that possible? Like, how do you, that's a real issue. Like, if you've been with someone for 10 years, how do you keep that spark going? I am not in a position to provide that advice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean, obviously we're both divorced, but then I, I mean, I think about it like. And I keep going back to the people that have been together for a long time. They're still crazy for each other. Mm-hmm. Like it does happen. And I just oh, like, yeah. wonder what's their secret. I would love to know that if I ever, again, get married again or stay in, you know, a really long-term relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, that was certainly something that in my marriage was a challenge and um, it is hard. It is hard once you get to that point again, especially if you're married and you've got kids and you're in routine and all of this stuff, you do lose those pieces. And I am curious about couples who are in the thick of it too, with all of that. And they've got young kids and life is busy and, but I think we all know those couples who manage to, to figure out that piece of themselves as a couple. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting. And I also personally, I think there's a point where, I mean, I know relationships are work, but it's like, how much is too much work? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then this was something that I thought was really interesting. I was like, oh, this is a good thing for me to remind myself of that the fantasy bond is actually the ultimate defense against love. Which I think is interesting. Like you think about all those beautiful pictures on Instagram, it's actually an ultimate defense against love. Because even after we've dropped our guard and we allow ourselves to actually fall in love, as soon as we get scared, be it of losing our partner or differentiating from our old familiar identity, we may turn to a fantasy bond to allow us to maintain an illusion that we're not alone. It's like that whole thing of, I don't want to get divorced. You hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get divorced. It's like, yeah, but your relationship is crap. (laughs) I don't want to get divorced. 
It's your security blanket though. I feel like at that point, the relationship is the security blanket. It's how you identify yourself, who I am. Am I, if I'm not a part of this couple, if I'm not the, like, it's just, it's that piece of your identity in a way where you don't question what could be outside of that. Like you have accepted that that is what you're at and you're kind of taking the good and the bad with it. Yeah. And that's exactly what they said. They said that we might turn to a fantasy bond to allow us to maintain that illusion that we're not alone. When you are alone, it's all pretend. It's a fantasy. Um, While then preserving your emotional distance from your partner that you're not really connected to anymore. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Is being in that fantasy bond relationship better than being alone? Like, for many people, I think it is. Yeah. Well, and I think especially since social media has become, especially, I mean, I love Instagram. I love Instagram so much. I love like beautiful pictures. I love seeing people's lives through visuals. Like I really enjoy it. But the shadow side is, you know, when it comes to our lives and we all know this, we, a lot of us have become caught up in the fairy tale, the superficial elements, the form of a relationship, the form of a life. When really people may not feel very good about their life. It looks good. Hey, I'm doing all these cool things, but they're really unhappy. What do you, What are your thoughts on that? Because I thought that was interesting. I just think there ends up being, I, I, I feel like it's really hard for both people to just subsist in that way. And that's just how you like continue on for forever until you die. <laughs> In my opinion, there's going to be one one person of the two, at least, who is going to want more in a different way. And it's probably going to come out in unhealthy ways through affairs or through other things. Like, I don't think both people are just going to, like, not vocalize the fact, like, all right, well, we've made this decision and this is what we're in and this is what we're going to do. Like, I just, I don't, I think that's a fantasy. So if I, I think if you leave it for too long unchecked, that's when life I think gets messy well clearly there's something holding you back from being honest like saying hey and this is not either they don't know there's more out there or they are really okay with where they're at and I just or or they're not honest it just seems unlikely that both people are just going to continuously be okay with where that is at (laughs) nothing else is going to happen but I also I feel like if that is a situation if there are affairs or other things happening the person not having the affairs may be fine with you know it's kind of like why do some people turn a blind eye and you always wonder about that why why would they turn a blind eye to this like if it were me I would do this you know everybody has an opinion on things like that but if you're in this realm, then maybe it is easier to just like let those things happen and continue on with what you feel like is your your not healthy relationship, but the relationship that you identify with and that you feel like you need. Yeah, you're right. When people do things that are just like I would assume are deal breakers. Yeah. But they're not. Nope. I yeah. have a lot of people with some crazy stories where you're just like, how do you move on from that? And I wonder about that. Like, how do you continue on in your marriage in that way when some pretty significant things have happened? I have so it- much trouble not being judgy about that stuff too. It's really tough, but 
they've made their decision of what they're willing to, and yet they've got, there's one example in my brain of somebody and they've got I this know who beautiful it is. family and like all of these things. And that is probably easier to cling on to than the breaking apart your family and you know, all that stuff. And so you just kind of deal with the indiscretion and you move on and act like it didn't happen. Except your family is already broken up. It is broken up. Like you can yeah. live in your house together and be married and like do all those pretty pictures, but your family is already broken up. Whether you get a divorce or not, it's already broken up and you've just agreed to never have anything better in your life yeah. by doing that. And I would think in general, this is completely off topic, but I think you would just live forever in the, can I trust them? What are they doing? Are they where they said that they would be? Like, I don't know how you can build that level of trust ever again. Yeah, no. I mean, I've been cheated on. I was cheated on a lot by one person I was with. Not not my ex-husband. I don't want to make that very clear. <laughs> I don't want him to like take the front for thing. Not there was no cheating in that relationship at all. Um, but there was someone before him that cheated on me the entire time we were together and it was really awful. And I found out about it two months before our wedding and broke it off. <sighs> and I just, I think because I made that decision, like cheating is so awful, but people stay all the time. And I, mm-hmm. I will, and I'm not here to villainize people that cheat. I think it happens for all kinds of different reasons. Yep. We all make mistakes. I'm not here trying to say that. But if someone is continually, you know, when it's someone that is cheating on you, they don't care. They're going to keep doing it. They're not trying to fix it with you, but people stay. Even in those cases, people will stay. And it's mind boggling to me. They're like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose my family. Girl, you've already lost it. You have already lost it. Better to move on and get yourself in a better situation where, you know, you love yourself and maybe someone else loves you too. I don't know deep. I didn't realize this was such a deep yeah. topic until we got Fantasy into it. bonds. We, we went from BDSM to like actual <laughs> topics. <laughs> Proud of us. So a lot of people, and this is no shocker, have a fear of intimacy and they might not even be aware of it. I know for me, I'm like an onion. Every time I think I've addressed something, gotten better, something else will pop up. I'm like, oh, still there. I see it. That's something else I need to work on. And a whole bunch of us, you know, I would say most people would love to be in love. They don't necessarily need to get married, you know, and that kind of relationships look different for everyone. You know, there's all kinds of different ways people structure their relationships, but usually at heart, people do want to love and be loved. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, this article positive, I was like, oh no, that's me. We are very intolerant of having that dream fulfilled in reality because it asks you to grow in such a big way and change in a big way. Because when you're really giving and receiving love, it can disrupt the negative but familiar things that we think about ourselves. And on an unconscious, okay, then this is a quote. On an unconscious level, we may sense that if we did not push love away, the whole world as we have experienced it would be shattered and we would not know who we are, end quote. And I was like, oh, that's deep. Huh. And I think that's something a lot of people do and don't even know they're doing it. Because they're right. Like if you've all, if you were used to doing that and then you suddenly, and that's such a deep habit in ourselves to then suddenly be changing it. I mean, I get that. That would cause a major identity crisis. Like I'm so used to like things not work. Like I know for me, I'm so used to things not working out. If something does work out, I'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who I am. What am I going to complain about now? 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. See, I don't really think that tracks for me. I think I am fine with giving and receiving love and I don't feel like that disrupts anything. I think it's hard to find it. And sometimes again, we talked about earlier, you can kind of mislead yourself a little bit on what that really looks like in a real way, but I don't think I have a hard time accepting it or feeling it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I agree with this last statement for you, for me personally. And all I have is my personal experience to go off of. So, so it's valid. It's all I've got. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. I was like, Oh, I I can like think about a lot of other people and myself. I was like, Oh, okay. I can, I can get that. I mean, I think I'm generally a pretty healthy person now, but like I I recognize what they're trying to say Mm -hmm. because it is true. Like I think the way we love and are loved really hits into the deepest parts of ourselves. Nobody's perfect. We all have neuroses and dysfunction of some sort. Nobody is perfect, whether you're aware of it or not. And I can see how you could unconsciously be sabotaging yourself. Like I want to have love so much, but then you're making these choices that are directly getting in the way of that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like staying with someone who's awful to you just because oh, you want sad. that house and the, you know, and the picture, you want the pretty picture. You know, it's hard to walk away from that life too. I get it. Yeah. It's hard to walk away what you think that you thought you wanted or you thought it was. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, sometimes I'm sad and I miss what I, I think my life could have been, but it's not how life goes. It's better to like, I mean, do a call back to the beginning of this episode. It's better to be honest. I mean, I don't, I mean, at times maybe I participate in a fantasy bond, but in the end, I think you and I both have said, eventually we get ourselves out of it. You know, whether we have participated in one or not, we don't stay there. Eventually we come to our senses and get out of it. Oh, this got heavy. Yeah. This was a lot. Fantasy bond, um, I feel like was a little misleading that it was going to be <laughs> somewhat of a lighter topic. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a lighter topic and now it's, and it wasn't. No. Mm-hmm. That's what we get for finding a subject a few hours before we record. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's talk about <laughs> this. And then it becomes something totally different from what I expected it to be. But I don't know. I learned, it gave me a lot to think about. That's for sure. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. Hope you have a good week. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 